Hi guys, we're back with another episode of It's, it's Thrilling! thrilling. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm bringing the energy today, I'm telling you. So again, we took a little hiatus because I was sick. We were all dying and going through <laughs> yeah. some, some times. Things were happening. I was getting a new job and... Yeah, I got, I got sick again. I had my birthday. It was just like, it was just, you know... Sometimes. Just, just living the life. There was ups and there was downs, but the point exactly. is, we're here we're and back. we are still very excited we're about our to podcast. Go. I'm more excited about the movies we're talking about this week than last week, which yeah. I think we should not do that again. I think I think we should make sure we're somewhat interested in the movies before we do it, because I I was interested in Into the Woods. <laughs> I, okay, you were interested in Into the Woods, but I was not really interested in what turned out to be either. Although. Yeah. I am glad I saw The Witches of Eastwick because I, there are certain things from that movie that are burned in my brain forever. Me too. And I feel like I have a much it's better... distressing. And yeah. <laughs> I have a much better understanding of Cher. So not all a total not loss. Cher. But uh, this week we're doing some classics, Beetlejuice and Poltergeist. Yep, yep. As you all know, I'm a huge Spielberg fan, so yes. this is very exciting for me. And as you all know, I'm a huge Tim Burton fan, so this is very exciting for me. It's And emerging... also Winona Ryder fan. Yeah, there you go. Emerging <laughs> of passions and yes. lots... Speaking of Winona Ryder... Oh, yeah. Oh. Good transition. Okay, that's a great transition. We're going to talk about some movie news things. First and trailers. Up, trailers, yes. First up, the Stranger Things trailer was last trailer before the season is released. Season um, three was released for season three, and it looks very interesting. I'm excited. I, yeah, I liked season two. It was really good. I really did, and a lot of people said, you know, it dropped off. Nuh-uh. And like, I thought it was really entertaining. I think and it held I thought up. It was, yeah, me too. I thought it also held up, and it built upon the relationships. And I think this is going to be another season that does the same thing. I'm really excited to see. The Hopper and Joyce dynamic, which is something they're playing up, and the Steve and the kid dynamic, and then the Eleven and the Will dad. dynamic. I just want more Dad Steve. Yes, I'm Dad also Steve. here for Billy, who's our yes. hot villain of season two, is still going to be our hot villain yes. of season three, so I'm so here for excited that. about that. I'm also just, I think, from what I gathered from the trailer, it seems like a good kind of ending to like the seasons like i think yeah. I, the creators talked about how they're they... going for one more four really yeah i think they're going i for thought one more. i heard the creators, the creators said... are leaving this season okay see i bet you season four won't be that good because here's why yeah the creators said that they had always seen stranger things as a three season kind of series yeah and i think that's the reason why season two held up is because they knew that there was more story to tell because there's nothing worse than like having a one-series TV show yeah. that's meant to only be one season does really well, and then they bring it back for another season, and they're, like, forcing this story. Yeah. I don't Like feel, How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't feel like season two was forced. I feel like... Yeah. And I don't... From the trailer of what I've seen so far, it doesn't seem like season three will be forced yeah. either. I think it'll be a nice kind of segue. I, I, I'm surprised to hear that there will be a fourth season. Well, I doubt it'll I be I don't good. think it's confirmed. This is just speculation that there is even going to be a fourth season but and then even on top of that is speculation that it'll be kind of like an It chapter two kind of thing where it's the adults 
inst- as like them grown up and then they're like so it would be to readdress. with the child actors it would be yeah different. i think maybe it'll be like a couple of flashbacks and then like some modern day or like 2000s ish kind of a yeah. stuff okay dealing with like you know their past traumas because they still have a couple of storylines that i'm not sure how they're gonna fit in in just this season you know like with bringing in 11 siblings you know all of those other special abilities people i, mean, I didn't I, see any of them in the trailer well i mean i don't really think that that needs to be expanded upon though do you i mean i feel like that could be a good spin-off like a different thing but i don't know if 11 siblings really have anything to do with the story and, and the kind of track that we're currently on. That's my personal take, but we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we will see. I'm really excited for it, and I think it's going to turn out to be my favorite season because I freaking love where everyone's going. Also, Ethan Hawke's daughter is in this now, so that's that's some stuff. She works with Steve, so potential romance. I don't care for it. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> I, I feel like nobody really cares about any romantic plot lines with Steve now. We just want Dad Steve. You know what, though? I do care about that. I just didn't want it to be Nancy, and I don't want it to be Ethan Hawke's daughter. And I don't want Nancy and Jonathan together. Don't I care for that. I never cared for Jonathan and Nancy. <laughs> I think it's weird that they're dating in real life, because I don't even see their on-screen chemistry. I'll be honest with you. I agree. I saw it in season one a little bit, like, the, yeah. the, the, like, childhood girl next door thing, yeah. but, like, I don't know. I agree. I think just Jonathan weirds me out, so I just, you know. Anyway. It's, like, Good Omens, where nobody wanted the uh, sex scene between Anthema and, um, oh, what's his name? Mr. Pulsifier, the, the descendant. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have been watching uh, Good Omens. Have you? Where are you on Good um, Omens, by the way? definitely not caught up, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. I've seen spoilers because yeah. I've been looking at fan art. Okay. How can yeah. I not be spoiled? Okay, moving on. Other trailers that were released in the time that we were gone. So many. The Onward trailer was released, which is a whimsical kind of Pixar, Pixar thing yeah. with Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. And it takes place in a fantasy land and looks like they're going on an adventure. I think it's been a while since we've had a good standalone animated film that, like, really holds up by itself that isn't part of a franchise. And and there have been, of course, other standalone animated films, but nothing that's really been, like, on the level of Frozen or Toy Story or something. And and I'm interested in seeing if Onward Mm -hmm. kind of develops its own, like, kind of really big following and and turns into a bigger thing. I I hope so. To me, it looks really good. It looks cute. And I'm so excited for it. Yeah, it looks like exactly what I needed to see. And, like, unlike Wreck-It Ralph 2, I hope they kind of sit on it for a while longer and talk about, like, if they are going to have a sequel, which, like, with Did we see Wreck-It Ralph together? Yes, we did. I was gonna say. The second one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, with with such big stars, you know, I would hope that they would, you know, take into... Like, I just think they're going to do a sequel just because they have Julia Louis-Dreyfus, like, Chris Pratt, you know, all the big stars. So, like... I'm sure as long as it's successful... They're going to try to make it into those... a temple. Speaking of Frozen, as you said before, mm-hmm. the, the Frozen 2 official trailer released, and Morgan hasn't watched it. But I, I just did. don't care to watch it because I didn't like the first Frozen. And I love animated movies, so I'm not trying to be a hater. I just couldn't get behind Frozen. I don't know why. I, I don't 
I don't know. There's something about Frozen that never landed with me, and I and I'm surprised because so many people love Frozen. I I'm I'm kind of on the same boat with you where like when I first watched it, I didn't really get it, but as I've watched it again and again, I kind of liked it more and more. And I mean, it's not one of my favorite series, but I do think the sequel might. Um, be a lot better than the original in my opinion it looks like they're going for something a little more existential and Ooh. less yeah <laughs> and less like family vibes and i think i think that look it, it looks really cool and they it seems to be like they're giving a lot of action to our princesses it would be now. cool if they aged up the kind of narrative a little bit too because when frozen came out i mean so many little girls loved yeah. it and now those girls are kind of 12 yeah and 13 exactly and they're going in their preteen so exactly. they're still in the realm of wanting to watch this movie but yeah i mean i i would be interested to see what kind of plot they go for but we'll see i'll try to rewatch frozen the first one and I would recommend just, like, watching the Frozen 2 trailer, and if you don't, like, care for it, then, like, it's not really worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of hours to commit yeah. to rewatching both exactly. movies. So, our next bit of news is some Star Wars news, and this is something that Mark Hamill said. He said that Han Solo shouldn't have died in the... The Force Awakens. Who cares what Mark Hamill thinks? Thank Mark you. Hamill, Thank shut you. Up, Thank please. you. Who he made you doing this? Star Wars God. He keeps doing this. Stop. J.K. Rowling. He's J.K. Rowling. But he he doesn't even but, have creative control. No, like, that's why it's he worse. Has no, he's just like a fanboy that has no like. I know. And it's literally what it is. You know what? It's great that he loves Star Wars so much. I love that he loves Star Wars so much. But sometimes his opinions are so stupid. But also, like, it, and, and then his opinions, like, just make news because of who he is. And it's just like, shut up. Like, we don't care anymore. Exactly. I don't care what you think. I don't even care for the new Star Wars, but I also don't. You know what? I will say. I think Han should have died. I... Adam Driver has been growing on me a lot. I love him so much, And Morgan. if anything is gonna... I know you do. I know. Um, if anything could make me care about Star Wars, it's Adam Driver. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, at least there's that. I feel like this is due to me always constantly it, talking about him. He definitely probably has some subliminal influence in there, for sure. But I also saw The Dead Don't Die, but yeah. we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. One, One more, more bit Star of Star Wars, Wars news. news. This is highly rumored and someone did report it but i'm not going to take it as serious because the rise of skywalker hasn't even come out yet so why would they want to leak this information reportedly daisy ridley is going to be returning for one of the next two trilogies of star wars movies as a supporting part similar to you know um mark hamill or mark hamill <laughs> yeah yeah exactly similar to those um guys in the new trilogy i don't know that's just some news. I, <laughs> just put it on the table for you guys to decide would, what you want I, to do with it. I don't know. I, I I'm just like in it. the loop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. You know, I'm not opposed to it. You know, doesn't doesn't matter to me either we'll way. See. I really hope that just gonna, other things happen. Uh, they're just going to milk this, like, Star Wars thing until yeah. it's dead. And, and Speaking of milking... No, it's fine. <laughs> oh, no, let's talk about Sophia Lynn. <laughs> Star Wars, Disneyland, the 
world place. I went to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, guys. Um, and we hate her because we're not her. I met Kylo Ren in person, you know, just he looked at me <laughs> and, you know, his stormtroopers were like, oh, it's sis. It's almost like he was getting paid to interact with Yeah, you. whoa. Whoa. Crazy. Whoa. Right? Like, <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, it was really cool. I really had a lot of fun. How were the treats? Okay, so everyone's talking about. about everyone's talking about the blue and the green milk. Let me just say, they're disgusting. And what is it supposed to be? It's like you know what Luke drinks in the beginning of A New Hope. Yeah, it's that. It's supposed oh, to be that. Oh, okay. And okay. it tastes floral. I like florals. Yeah, but it tastes. I don't know. To me, it was like slimy. And I did not like Maybe it. Maybe that's I didn't what, like I the mean, texture. it's supposed to be a little bit gross, right? Make it more authentic. Yeah. And then, you know, I think everyone else will have a really fun time there on the rides. But unfortunately, I got really sick on the Smuggler's Run ride. And I don't know, when I was <laughs> puking at home... That coming up was just so disgusting, and it wow. made it worse. I'm just now, not only am I visualizing <laughs> this slimy drink, I'm visualizing you puking it up. So, good thing uh, all of our loyal followers. <laughs> they know me. Okay, well. Otherwise, it's really immersive and there's super only fun. one ride there's open. There's going to be another ride yeah. in the fall, and that's called Rise of the Resistance. Okay. And they're working really hard on it. They were supposed to release it, like, with the opening, but yeah. they decided to hold back and make it the best it could be before releasing. You know, I'd not, hate to be that ride. guy who had to deliver the news to Disney and be like, hey, oh, yeah. guys, sorry, but uh, I don't think this ride's going to be ready in time for the opening like, like, they're like, excuse me, Bob Iger's like, are you kidding me? Bob Iger's <laughs> like, okay, your career is dead. Next. Yep. So that was that was basically all of the movie news. And no, so now not all of it. What do you mean? I have some more Rocket Man. Oh, dead, that's not die. news though. Oh, that's not news. Going it's into, news to me. Going into some <laughs> some movies that we saw. Something that I've already seen, Rocket Man. Let's yes. talk about that first. Morgan saw it. I did. I just saw it uh, yesterday. I thought it was so good. I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really, I feel like I keep going to movies not knowing what to expect, because I'm not very good with watching trailers. You are, but I just don't. Yeah, I love it. I just (laughs) go into all these movies of blind, and I was like, oh, it's like a musical too? Yeah. Uh, I knew there would be, like, obviously Elton John songs, Songs. but I didn't know if he would, like, there would be these surreal moments where he just started singing, but it was cool. I was here for it. Who's the character that plays John Reed? Is it? Um, it's not James Marsden, is it? No, he looks from, like him. He's though. from Game of Thrones. He's Rob Stark. Oh my God, that's right. That makes so much yeah. sense. What is his name? Oh my God, he's so um, hot. Robert Madden. Robert I think Madden. That's his name. Yes, Robert Madden yeah. was so good. And, yeah, and I was so here for uh, the sex when he scene. slapped him. Me too. I got so excited. I was, that <laughs> I was, was like, so excited. That sex scene. Let me tell you, it, it was, was the so... hottest movie scene yes. I've seen. Oh my god, minute. I was here for it. I was like, I was like looking at Mary. I'm like, oh my god. I need a fan ah. myself. I was like getting turned on. That I was, was like. Good... Woo! Yeah, oh my um, goodness. Yeah, he was so good. Everybody, I think, yeah, the acting was super good. And I, I feel like it was cool to kind of learn more about Elton yeah. John and kind of talk of. I, I think it was kind of cool to see that kind of intimate story because yeah. I think so many people look at celebrities like, how could you want anything? You've got your dream, you have all this money, yeah. you have people around you all the time. Like, how could you be unhappy? But to see kind of how he was unhappy because yeah. of people he wanted love from 
never gave it to, it to him, him. and yeah. the people he thought he loved took advantage of him yeah and that's kind of and, and so it was kind of yeah, it was just, I found it educational, I think it was well yeah. done, and I think it was cool that at the end, you could tell that, like, Elton John himself was, like, behind the movie yeah. and supported and proud the portrayal of it, yeah. of it. Um, so that, that was really cool. Yeah, I really love Taron Egerton, just in general. Who, who He's he Elton John. Oh, gotcha, okay. And this I, is a big deal for him yeah. as an actor, I yeah. mean, this is well, putting he was him in, on the map. He was in Kingsman, and he was in Sing. Funnily enough, he sang I'm Still Standing and Sing. He was... That's hilarious. Yeah. And he has acted with Elton John in Kingsman. Like, he... He was really destined for this Yeah, role. exactly. I thought, you know, everyone in the movie was so talented. Yeah. So talented. And I think... I wasn't expecting it, it to be... Is it Jessica Chastain? No, 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 no. It was no, Bryce Dallas Howard. Bri- I always get them confused. Everyone does. I know, everyone I'm the worst. Does. I like Bryce Dallas Howard a lot. Me too. I thought she did a really good job, especially. I didn't think it was her singing, but she I did look it up and it was role. her. Yeah, I think she did. She looked like like she's always yeah. been like a really gorgeous like yeah. curvy actress, but she looked like twenty to thirty pounds heavier yeah. for this role. Yes, exactly. I think everyone. I think the musical numbers were really well earned and fit in really well in an Elton John movie, especially. I think that was something that uh, was lacking in Bohemian Rhapsody I never was saw the cohesiveness. Because you told me it, it was bad. Good. It was bad. This movie is incredible. I think it is one of my favorite movies of the year. And wow, I, bold, bold. I really, really liked the t- like how well the plot was done and how every actor was portraying their their real historical person and i just thought you know it was a fun movie it was good i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot more than the dead don't die which i wanted to like i really did it was like bill murray adam driver tilda swinton selena Selena gomez yeah selena gomez came out of nowhere for me i really again no idea she was in this movie. I'm trying to. What do, what can I say without spoiling it? I just thought that the movie kind of was more like a snapshot in time than anything. The plot and the pacing was so slow. Hmm. Like it really didn't feel like it was building toward anything. Like the whole movie and the climax was kind of like just. I, I don't know. I, it really and it wasn't as funny as I thought it was hmm. going to be. Adam Driver was funny. And he, He's hilarious. And he had a great moments, I think. And, and, like, there was some really good moments between him and Bill Murray. Yeah. But, like, that was it for the yeah. movie for me. It's, like, there was some good, funny moments between the two of them. And that's all I could probably say for the whole movie. The rest of it was, like, pretty forgettable. I don't think that this movie is going to go down in history. Especially because, like, I love Zombieland and Bill Murray yeah. was in Zombieland. And that, to me, is a freaking classic. Love Zombieland. Can't wait for the sequel to come out. I know. I always get Zombieland confused with the other zombie movie with Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, isn't that the one? Okay, there's another there one that I get. There's a Zombieland and there's a... Alright, I'll, I'll remember this eventually and circle <laughs> Adventureland? back. Adventureland? Adventureland. Yes, one. that's what yeah, I'm yeah, getting yeah, confused yeah. with. Right. Um, but no, Zombieland is a great movie. Uh, let me tell you, The Dead Don't Die is no Zombieland. Oh. But is Adam good in it? Adam's good at it. You'll good. watch it because... I will watch it yeah. solely for him. I watch every single one of his movies. Yeah, but, like, honestly, I, I was kind of disappointed. Um, I probably could have done a lot of other things for that two hours of my life. Oh. Sad. I that know. That sucks. I know. Oh, well. 
But uh, I'm glad I saw it, you know, because yeah. if it was good, I, I want, I really wanted to like it. I did. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I just didn't care for it. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So moving on into movies, we're gonna start with well. Poltergeist and Beetlejuice. Oh. Our, our theme is Poltergeist, so we chose, Ghosts you know. Ghosts that wreak havoc yep. in houses. That's mm-hmm. our theme this week. Because what could be more fun? Anyway, <laughs> Beetlejuice is a beautiful film. I would rather talk about... Directed in 1988 by Dr. Tim Burton. No, by Doc. Can we just refer to him as Dr. Tim Burton for the rest of this podcast? He doesn't have his doctorate. Okay. Okay, okay. It was directed by Tim Burton. And essentially, if you haven't seen this movie, then like, you what need are you to doing leave. listening to this podcast? Yeah. Honestly, this is so within the wheelhouse <laughs> this is, of this podcast. If yeah. you haven't seen Beetlejuice, why are you like, why are you here? But in case you haven't, a newly dead couple, Adam and Barbara, are tormented by an unbearable yuppie family, and then the two decide to scare the family away. And when they aren't successful, they turn to a poltergeist named Beetlejuice to help them out. And he is, let's say, not exactly what they were looking for. <laughs> I think that he actually had, I mean, he kind of like goes away toward the end of the movie, he's right? He's barely he's in like, the movie. You know, he's, and, he has like 25 minutes of dialogue and yeah. screen time, I think, is I one mean, because Beetlejuice really, I mean, he's the most iconic character of the movie, yeah. but he's in the movie the least, actually, and he, he kind of just disappears toward the end of the film. I it's been so long since I've seen Beetlejuice. Like I think this might have been one of the few times I've seen Beetlejuice all the way. It's one really? of those movies that I feel like I'd see like bits and pieces here and eventually I'd seen the whole movie, but I'd never sat down and watched it from start to finish, which is obviously how it's supposed to be watched, so yeah. it's a different experience. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, obviously it still holds up and seeing Winona Ryder in that role is so great. So actually, funnily enough, I watched this movie in Temecula like a week ago. Oh, did you really? Yeah, and I was like, With oh, the I whole have... crew? The yeah, whole... everyone watched it. Okay. It was just on. It was on TV. What? And we watched it. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is crazy. But I did rewatch and I took notes this week. And so to, to me, this is my impressions, the movie is just like classic Tim Burton. He's, it's yes. his... He's able That's my to first note I wrote down too. <laughs> create such a compelling story with these strange and zany characters in such a wild world. Barbara and Adam share really great chemistry and their love for each other. Well, like, you know, the actors. But yeah. <laughs> their love for each other and for Lydia is really the reason the ending is so believable to me because otherwise it would just be like so outlandish and just like why is this even happening? That's true. That is um, a good point. I think those relationships do carry the yeah. movie. Otherwise it would be kind of like this doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. And then Beetlejuice is just the cocky, misogynistic poltergeist that adds such like outlandish humor and it's such a chaotic energy that brings together both the like the both worlds of the Dietzes and the Maitlands 
And then the Dietzes are able to arc from, like, a completely disjointed family to one that's closer together and cooperative and understanding. And so are Adam and Barbara in a way because they have to learn to live with these, like, yuppie New Yorkers. And, you know, Lydia is the main link to everyone. The guy in that movie, um, the husband of the yuppie family, he yeah. plays uh, Rudy, Rooney, no, Rooney, that's his name, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh uh-huh. my, I was wondering yes. where I knew him from. Yes, the whole movie, I was just uh, thinking about him being Rooney from Ferris oh Bueller's Day God. Off. Oh my God. You know who else he looks like to me, for some random reason, is Lupin from Harry Potter. Oh my god, he totally does. And I was like, I know that's not him because he's way too young. Yeah. And so, yeah, anyway. One more thing before we go into your specifics. Mm -hmm. Burton really loves to, something I've noticed, he loves to choose films with themes of acceptance and family. And, you know, this film, Mm -hmm. which was his sophomore film, his second film. But let's go into the psychology of that a little bit because Tim Burton grew up really feeling like an outsider. Left alone, yeah. And and alone and not really having, and and also he, he really hated suburbia. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of an interesting movie just to see through the lens of him as a filmmaker and how this kind of came out of him. And that, that's a really good point. Yeah. And you know what? He built such good relationships with these people that he brings them back in his films time yeah. and time again. Winona Ryder is in Edward Scissorhands mm-hmm. and other what some other movies. And then Michael Keaton was in Batman, his Batman yeah. that he directed. I just think, you know, he must be such a good person to work with. It must be such a nice environment for him to be able to, like, build these relationships totally. as well as get, you know, his ideas out and his subconscious out. Going on into specifics for you. Yeah. So let me see a couple couple things here. I think the best scenes are that all the scenes happen at like the dinner table, right? When mm-hmm. yeah, you know, they're all doing. Was it the conga or like what is the song? The calypso. It's, the calypso. I, I her right. lines like I've never done the calypso before. Something yeah, like that. I mean that's just such an iconic scene. <laughs> and then when they do it again at the end, when Lydia yeah. comes home and she's like, it's yeah. like her present is to Let be me do like, it to be like inhabited by a spirit and yeah. do a dance. It's like hysterical and so contrary to like the Lydia that we meet in the beginning of the film yeah like it's crazy kind of how those relationships do feel natural and by the end it feels organic yeah um so yeah I I love that um I will have to say this is my only quote complaints and I feel bad even saying that because who am I to judge (laughs) Beetlejuice I am nobody but just a a thought that I had when re-watching this is the there's a lot of unexplained questions about the universe that this takes place in i feel like you know with poltergeist it's if we're comparing the two it's very well explained like why these things happen it's like oh like they were their house was over this burial plot and they they raised the tombstones and you kind of like have it in that context whereas in the world of beetlejuice so this couple you know they die and they're in this house and you start to realize that there's this whole other universe of undead, oh, what undead people, ghost spirit yeah. people, whatever you want to call them, and they never explain. Like so, Barbara and what, what, what's Adam, it? Adam, Barbara and Adam, they have to live in the house for a hundred years before they can like move on to the next phase of existence. Mm-hmm. 
but they're like, oh, it's different for everybody. And then we see all these weird people, and some of them are, like, working and have these jobs, and I'm like... So, the people that are working are civil servants, and they make a joke about this. They, they commit suicide, yeah, right? so they've all committed suicide. The, their social yeah. worker has a slit neck. Yeah. The guy that was bringing them to her was splatted on the ground, so it looks they... like he jumped off a building. Yeah. So, and then the lady slit her wrists... So I think it's just all people who committed suicide are working. Civil servants forever, though? Yeah. I, I, but, I mean, I don't know. I just would have loved to have understood more about this kind of, like, underground spirit world that was, like, kind of touched on. Well, they're making, they're trying to make a Beetlejuice, too. They've been I mean, trying to make a Beetlejuice, And, and it's such a hard thing to do because Beetlejuice is so loved. So how can you so much later go back and make a movie? Yeah, there's going to be so many haters but I'm always a big supporter if they can do it right. Like, for instance, with Jumanji. Yeah. Jumanji 2, like the remake with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, was so good. Yeah. And, and I loved it, and I didn't think I would because I had such fond memories of the original Jumanji. And the tone was completely different, too. Yeah, and, and so, and and I think what made Jumanji 2 work is that they weren't trying to recreate it. It, like, kind of happened in the same universe of the original Jumanji, but yeah. it had its own kind of story and plot and characters and rules. Yeah. And so I think if they could do that for Beetlejuice 2, that would be the, the best way to yeah. go about the sequel, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Again, who am I? <laughs> but But here we are. Anything else you wanted to add? Um, no, I think that was kind of my, my main things. And, and I just, yeah, I just want to see more of the world and, and, and just understand that universe and flesh it out a little bit more because you think there, there's just so much. Like, I mean, Harry Potter is such a, like, fleshed out universe. And Beetlejuice is certainly no Harry Potter in terms yeah. of scale. But at least we understand all the rules of Harry Potter's yeah. universe. I don't understand again, the rules of Beetlejuice's It's only universe. his second film, you know what That's I mean? That's true. So, that is a big thing, too. You know, he's wor- he worked on it. Like, for yeah. example, in Corpse Bride, he does a similar thing where there's, like, the above-ground human living world, and then there's the underground deceased dead world, and you kind of understand the rules a little bit better. He just had to work on it and develop, you know, the ideas, and... I, yeah, like, you're never going to be perfect your second yeah. go. Like, you're, I mean, he's still not perfect. Just look at Dumbo. Like, <laughs> I mean, there is no such thing as a perfect movie anyways. There, there's a famous uh, quote by some editor. I don't remember what it is, but it's like, you don't, you know, your, your movie is never finished. You just run out of time. So true. So, um, so yeah, but what about you? What are your favorite kind of standout moments? So, for me... Michael Keaton and Catherine O'Hara are such amazing character actors. They are. They both do comedy in this movie in such different ways with Michael Keaton. Yeah, exactly. With Keaton being so, like, big and wild. The The standout moment for him was, like, the defining moment of his character was when he hawked a loogie into his coat. He was like, and he pat his chest. He was like, I'm going to save that for later. I'm like, that is, but it's the epitome (laughs) of Beetlejuice. Yeah. And then Catherine O'Hara did something where she was like, this is my art and it is dangerous. Yes. And I'm just like, that (laughs) is the neurotic, like, craziness. In Schitt's Creek? Yeah. Mom? That's her. Oh my god, I'm so freaking stupid. I knew this. 
I'm just That's saying right. that I can see the similarity in yeah. character, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, But, yeah, she's great. She's great. Oh, my God, I'm so glad. <laughs> Another person that Tim Burton brings back again and again in his movie, she was in, she was Sally in Nightmare Before Christmas. Hmm. And I think she's in a couple others as well. Maybe one more. But I think, you know, they were just amazing. So great. Lydia's entire goth vibe was just like who I wanted to be. <laughs> she was. So in high Sophia school. Sophia to be Winona Ryder and Poltergeist. If you want to know anything about Sophia, just imagine that as her ultimate inspiration. She and was. And you already understand Sophia. She was who I wanted to be. Her and Gerard Way were just the epitome of goth <laughs> and emo. Where it's just what I wanted to be. Being carried in on a big black chair. Or not a black chair. Just in a chair in all black with a veil over my face. Just, just like, yep, this is my life. This is what you're going to do. <laughs> And then when she's like, my whole life is a dark room. And I'm just like, I feel that. So much angst. I loved it. But she did it well. Yeah. And I love the way also her parents kind of dealt with her angst. Yeah. And then what was so funny is remember when Barbara and Adam are trying to spook the couple in the beginning unsuccessfully and they go in with like they go the dad with the sheet on yeah and then he just thinks it's like Winona Ryder yeah. he's like I'm like she's so much taller <laughs> he's like stop being weird and he closes yeah. the door and I was like this is hysterical I li- like for some reason it reminds me of Coraline when her dad is like Coraline like stop bugging me go count the windows and doors like <laughs> literally just leave I'm like that is that the weird people in life just get sh- just shoved aside <laughs> They're like, you know what? You're weird. I don't care. Get out of my face. Don't bug me right sometimes now. Sometimes I do that to you. I'll be like, what are you saying to me? <laughs> I mean, sometimes they just need to... It's part of my arc, Morgan. It's, it's part of my <laughs> character arc. Oh, so, can't wait to see where this one lands. Setting me up for, you know, my ending, my finale. So Otho was a, just another random ass... Guy, right? per- yeah. God, you know, was so he weird. was in Heathers, too. He was the priest in Heathers. Like, him I and Winona Ryder are always... Oh, I love Heathers. I just can't... I don't know. Something about I, Heathers never... You know what? I didn't like it originally, and then I watched the musical, and then I watched mm, it again, see, and I loved it, it. It was your love of musicals <laughs> that made you like Heathers. It wasn't it really Heathers <laughs> that made you like musicals. So, therefore... <laughs> You're a musical fan, not a Heather's fan. Glad we've established that. Yeah. Continue. Uh, one more thing. The This is more of like a, a technical thing, less of a like a movie thing. The color palettes, the lighting that Tim Burton does, they're just so classic him. They, they, <laughs> so classic Tim. <laughs> they ground the house in reality for most of the film, and then Saturn slash the underworld are saturated in these unnatural colors. Like, it allows the the characters that are in those places to be a little bit more outlandish and unrealistic looking. And then once the Dietzes fully take over the house and the transition is made for the house, it's more in deep blues. Half of the house is like in deep dark blues and inside as well. And everything except the attic, which is colored and lit normally. I love that you're looking at these things. I love it. It's so like, it's, I, I'm it, a huge color palette person too, but you're you're more tuned into that stuff than I am. Which I, I like. love it so much because, like, you know, Saturn and 
and Beetlejuice and the underworld is just like crazy fucking things. But the lighting just makes you like Sophia right now. (laughs) It's just I love it. I wish I I don't know. I wish I was that smart to like think of how to light something to give a mood or like to allow something to be accepted by an audience. I think you'd be good at that. Maybe you have a future as a gaffer (laughs) working alongside some of the best uh, (laughs) cinematographers out there, directors of photography. Who knows? I'll work for Wes Anderson. No, Robert Yeoman has that job, Pat. Yeah, yeah. But, um, There's only one person who yeah, has that role. It's exactly. A field, but uh, maybe you'll find your own uh, Wes Anderson yeah. film school and you guys will be able to I'll latch there. onto them. Yeah. Just like a leech. I'm like... <laughs> that was my leech noise, by Love the way, that. everyone. Sorry. That's, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that's exactly what a leech sounds like. Um, it sounds like a leech to a girl from a desert who has <laughs> never seen a leech before in her entire life. My only experience with leeches is a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> yes, I was going to say. Don't they make that meow, 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 meow? Like, in the, in the movie, they're like, Everybody, meow, comment meow, below <laughs> on what sound you think leeches make. But I want to see you type out that the noise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what letters would you even use for that? Right, moving on, we have another movie to talk about. Dun, 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 dun. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. You son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You son of a bitch, you left the bodies and you only moved the headstones. You only moved the headstones. And I whoop. <laughs> so we have our so, own poltergeist. Something just creaked garage. in the garage as soon as we said poltergeist. Great. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Please come. This We're is another 80s fun. movie. <laughs> we are. But you know what? This. this is a fun topic. This is. This, might... this is our this is our time to shine, truly. Exactly. I love ghosts so much, Morgan. This was just this was just begging to be delightful. done. It was delightful. We need to do this theme again with more ghost yes, movies. Yes, I sure. agree. We will. Poltergeist was made in 1982, directed by Tobe, Toby? I don't know. It's spelled weird. Tobe, <laughs> Tobias. <Cooper. laughs> Tobias? Let's <laughs> go Frankenstein. And then, you know, of course, it was written by Steven Spielberg and another per- co-written by him and another person, but they don't matter. And, and produced a... by him. Yes. And... Has Spielberg written all over, yeah. especially with the kids and yes. the relationships oh my God. with kids. This is Spielberg one of my notes. is made to work with kids. I yes. don't want to see Spielberg. I mean, he could do Save and Cry of Ryan. That's fine. That's a masterpiece. Otherwise, Spielberg. What about Schindler's List? Didn't okay, he he's great at a lot of things, but I. There was a kid in Schindler's List, wasn't there? I never watched it. I've seen Schindler's List, but it was in college, and I kind of... There's a lot of things that happened in college, so I have to keep <laughs> certain memories of mine. But um, I will say, I love seeing Spielberg work with kids. I wish the little girl was Drew Barrymore instead of whatever girl it was. I feel bad because she died immediately after the movie was filmed. What? Yeah, a lot of things happened on that set that were, like, really yeah, creepy and crazy. Yeah, let's talk about that. Do you, should, do you have, like, an article about it that we can talk I, about it? I, I but don't, I have but heard I can, that. yeah, a lot of fucked up things happened on the set. I I'm think, gonna look it up I while think, you like, talk. I think, like, Craig T. Nelson had something happen to him. Also, I want to talk about Craig T. Nelson, because I he is him. the unsung hero of, like... Of Poltergeist? Of everything uh, he's of, in? Of everything that he's Mr. in. Mr. Incredible? <laughs> I mean, like, I, talk about, like, a working actor that is recognizable, but doesn't you, you know he's like Craig T. Nelson. He doesn't have like that Brad Pitt name yeah. recognition, right? But 
He's so good in everything that he's yeah. in, and he's the voice of uh, The Incredible. Yeah, uh, Mr. Incredible. Yeah, Mr. Incredible, and... Bob Parr. And he's in Blades of Glory, which I forgot about. Have you seen Blades of Glory? Yes, is that, that one ice skating movie yes. with Will... Yes, um, he's so good in yeah, that movie, too. Mary I love Spade. that movie. And he's in Turner and Hooch, which I love. I don't know if you've seen that. I've seen... The thing I know him most from is Incredibles, obviously. That one movie, with, or not movie, that one TV show with Dax Shepard in it. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's like a family show. It's something. I don't know. It's similar to like that one Mandy Moore show that's on right now. This is us. But anyway, Poltergeist is, you know, if you haven't seen it, well, what are you doing? Yeah. Demonic spirits are haunting a suburban home and they torment the family inside and they mostly focus on their young daughter as the subject of, you know, their, their malicious intent. I don't know. I found an article about all the strange things that happened on said Poltergeist. You did? So, yeah. First of all, all the cast deaths. That's the first yeah. point. Yeah, a lot of the cast did die. Jeez. I can't believe that little girl and they died used, at 12. They used real skeletons. Ugh, gross. Okay. There was a set accident that almost cost another kid his life. I'm sure it was the kid with the tree or something. Oh, okay. So, apparently... The scene where the doll strangles the boy in the movie Ugh. actually almost killed him in real life if Spielberg hadn't stepped in to help Ugh. the kid. So that's disgusting and Gross. creepy. Another actor from the movie was in a plane crash and another death. Oh, and like you said, those are real skeletons you saw later, which is actually kind of crazy and yeah. WTF. Like, why? Just why? Just why? <laughs> yeah. like, like, these people did not sign up to have their remains be in a movie, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And there were also some hauntings at the actor's homes. Yeah. You know, similar things happened And other on-set oddities. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I'm behind it. I, I believe the conspiracies. <laughs> I'm a believer. So what were your impressions of the film? The kitchen scene. If you just watched only scenes that take place in the kitchen of Poltergeist, yeah. I think you'll have a pretty good it's perspective wild. Wait, of the Wait, which movie. kitchen scene are you talking about? The one with the chairs, right? Oh yeah, well, two. Like, I love that scene. And then also later, though, remember how the dad comes home and you know, the wife is like, honey, honey, I have to show you something. And Oh, yeah. It, like, she literally takes her daughter and puts Slides her, down her down and lets a spirit slide her down the kitchen. And, and I'm she's like, like, oh, my God, so like, fun. Yeah, and they're like, put a helmet on her and, like, it's a game. And I'm like, woman. I would be out of there. I'd be out of there. Woman. And I like how at the very end of the movie, I, I know they show, like, oh, they're packing up, they're moving. But yet they still leave the kids alone yeah. in that I know, to sleep. I know. I mean, you know what? Craig T. Nelson said, don't let them fall asleep. And she was like, it's fine. I'll let them fall asleep. So, you Dude. know, it's just on the mom. It's Dude. on the mom. Dude. All I'm saying is, after I got my kid back, I would have never walked in that house again. Same. I would have sent other people to pack up my house. Yeah, uh-uh. I agree. It was a VFX in that movie. I mean, they're kind of dated Yeah, now, they are really but, dated. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun, and I think there was a lot of practical effects in that you movie, what? too, it's which I so, love practical yeah. effects, and yeah. I love seeing them, and even though they're not as believable as some of the new flashy VFX yeah. we have... It's endearing. It's it is charming. so endearing. And yeah. I just lo- and then the very end when all the tombs start popping out and they're trying to yeah. escape from the house and all the skeletons are popping out. Like, that was so well done. Yeah. It was so good. I agree. It was such a joy to watch. My impressions of this film. I actually watched this movie when I was very young. Okay. I was 
five, I think, maybe four, and it terrified me. Terrified me. Mm-hmm. I think I was afraid of monsters and like skeletons in general because of this movie, <laughs> which is similar for Cliffhanger. If you've seen Cliffhanger, do you, it's I know that one movie, Sylvester Stallone yes, movie. Yes, I yeah. have never seen it. We talked about it in film school a bit. I watched the beginning sequence of Cliffhanger, and I now have a lifelong fear of heights because of that movie. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm not afraid of monsters anymore. Uh, yeah, I want to be a monster. <laughs> Let me be a vampire, please. <laughs> Twilight. Um, I watched it on my birthday. Happy 20th birthday to me. (laughs) Got the Twilight reference (laughs) in the podcast. So upon watching this movie again, I was really apprehensive to watch it because I just remember being absolutely terrified and like, you know, I love horror movies now, but I just remember it being so much bigger than it was. It's scary now, right? And it is not as scary as I thought it was, one, and honestly not really scary at all. In general. Yeah. I think it's more of like a story of what happens to these people. Which again, is so Spielberg to do. Yeah, it's not like a typical, like, you know, like you watch other horror movies yeah. and you're like hanging on the edge of your seat, like, what's going to happen next? It's not really that kind of movie, but it's such a great plot and it's a great family story. So many of Spielberg's movies yeah. are... You know, that how similar as uh, Burton, I guess, yeah. that way. It's, you know... Family-driven. And even though he's just producing, you can tell that his hands have been all over it. All over. <laughs> in terms of everything. I love it. With the shots that he u- that uh-huh. are used, as well as the soundtrack, even. It reminds me of E.T. It reminds me of another movie that we watched, Super 8, which, again, yes. he produced it. Yeah. But it reminds me of the Super 8 soundtrack. It's just, like, the, those, like, things. One more thing for impressions. Craig T. Nelson was just... So good. Again, the unsung hero. He, he was really is. really great. Can we start movie. the uh, Craig T. Nelson fan club? Yes. Like, the Stanley I make, an, I make an Instagram account. I'm, like, just Craig T. Nelson pics. <laughs> I just post, like, you know, those, like, those vines that yes. they would do of celebrities? And it would just be, like, a random One Direction song and just a bunch of pictures flashing up. That's what I would be. I would be your first follower, and and I want to a pic collage. (laughs) It's like that SNL skit that you made me watch, a Stanley Tucci. Yes, Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang. Yeah, but I want like Craig T. Nelson gang. Yes, (laughs) he deserves it. He really does. I bet you he's super rich. Oh yeah, he's got to be. He's been working with that Incredibles money alone. That's true. Like he's had, he's just had such a great working career in Hollywood. Completely, and he hasn't burned any bridges. I don't think everyone who's worked with him. Well, in my experience, is working with Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. (laughs) Oh Um. yeah. (laughs) So, were there any highlights or like special moments that you wanted to talk about in terms of the film? I really wanted to talk about the kitchen scene, which I did. Um, I can. Well, I can tell you how it was done. Did you? Do you know how it was done? No. Okay, so it is a one shot, as we know. They had to have two separate crews come in to take away all the chairs they, and they, they built together? another chair set and they put it on top. That's awesome. So they had to specifically time it. And if you watch, when it comes back up, you can see the plant in the corner of the screen when the mom is down by the cabinets, yeah. you can see it moving because there's people that are moving things. And you but can it see works that. for the movie yeah, too yeah, yeah. now. So. And you can see that in several shots like there are people there like behind the door or something to to make something move but only if you are really really vigilant some things that i wanted to highlight or talk about was in the beginning the shot of carol ann 
waking up her entire family talking to the TV and then putting her hands on the television screen. It is creepy. If it's I well had done. done that, if I had done that, my dad would have slapped me across the face when I was a kid. <laughs> I Charming childhood he memories. Been, he would have been like, are you, why are you talking this late at night? Are you kidding me? Touching the TV screen now, we got fingerprints all I over. I could so see your dad. And I'm saying just like, this. I would just be like, like, <laughs> what the fuck, Carol Ann? Like, why are you touching the TV? I guess her parents are like chill and like they smoke pot and like good for them. Also, I want to say <laughs> that is the kind of parent I want to be. Yeah. They are good parents. They're responsible parents. Yeah. And they still get a little yeah. thirsty at night together. Yeah. I love that. I it was love so cute. that. Watching that was really yes. cute. Yes, and I, also their marriage was so cute yeah, in the movie. Yeah, I agree. I loved it, Their yeah. chemistry was really good. Another Carol Ann thing, I think my favorite shot of the entire movie was Carol Ann waking up in her parents' bed and then the TV screen flashing on her face yes. the entire time, just the first time she does that. Yes. I thought it was so well done. Yes. Favorite shot of the entire, it set the tone of me completely. There's a line, you've never done this before, and then the lady's like, neither have you! I know. She's like, oh yeah, you're right, you go. <laughs> that was hilarious. It was a nice, like, humor break that felt yeah. right in the moment, yeah, exactly. which was excellent. And it felt realistic, like totally. I would have done the same thing. That clown was... Disturbing. disturbing. Why would they give I that to children? I would light that thing on fire so Immediately. fast. When he threw the Chewbacca thing on top of it, I was like, same. Don't know why you're fucking I love the Star Wars references well, in you the know movie. Why they, you know why they have that? Well, number one, because they're friends. Of course. But number two, Kathleen Kennedy, who is uh-huh. the I head of say. Lucasfilm, yeah. executive produced or co-produced this film. Yeah. Which is like and also it may have believable because like kids that age do yeah. have and, and normally movies can't do that because there's yeah. so many IP yeah. issues but and, and I I was watching the crowd I was like oh Kathleen Kennedy that's cool and she's such a freaking titan dude she's a boss no she matter is a what boss. there's no other like Kathleen Kennedy there are some really sour Star Wars fans and they think she shouldn't be where she is and I just have to say to those Star Wars fans up yours you're so <laughs> entitled and up yours fuck you. She is a boss. So we're also going to start Kathleen <laughs> Kennedy Instagram yes. appreciation page. Um, stay tuned. And then one more thing. Don't know fucking why you would build on top of a graveyard and not take the I bodies out. I think they explained that really well in the movie, No, no, no. Though. They oh, did. Yes, but just yes. like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. You have to disclose that information to yeah. people. So, but dude, ugh. I think it's like like business developers are He's some of like sued. <laughs> some of like the greed, even in real life though, some of like the greediest, scammiest. They will do oh, so yeah. much stuff. So I believe that arc, like in terms of like at the end where uh, the dad is like. You didn't remove the body. So yeah. he's like going into the car, shaking and, him. Yeah, it's like it's like ugh, how dense and how greedy and cruel can you be to other people that. Ugh. Yeah. So gross. I think it was just such a joy to watch yeah. Poltergeist. It was a joy to watch Beetlejuice. You know, I'm really glad I did watch Poltergeist because now I'm not afraid of it anymore. Yes. <laughs> and maybe I'll watch it. It's on Netflix. So there you go. You know, before we leave you guys, our next theme, theme is the magicians, and we're going to be watching The Prestige and Now You See Me. 
some modern movies. Yeah. More modern than, yeah. you know, the movies we saw. Going back, going going to the forward, to yeah. the future now. Going back to the future. Going back to the future. Hey. All right, I'm done. <laughs> We're late. All right, guys. So, um, you know, s- subscribe to our podcast channel. Leave a comment. Leave a review. What is this voice that you um, do? This is your alter ego. Um, yeah, exactly. Please engage. And, yeah, engage with us. Follow us on Instagram. And we want we'll organic see you guys. engagement. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Uh, so see you on the flippity flip. Bye.